0: on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I've been telling you yesterday and today that we were going to have a special interview here at this time, and we do have Chad Stimmel. He is the president of the EMS, uh, the Emergency Medical Service Union, here in Escambia County. Chad, welcome to the Pensacola Morning News, sir.
1: Hey, thank you for having me, Mr. K. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm
0: doing great. So let's just kind of uh, dive into this letter that you guys wrote in response to the vote that you took to have a vote of no confidence in the chief and the deputy chief in EMS. And um, I mean, there's a lot of things in here, but can, can we just start with this? You basically say in the letter that the problem is Chief Torcell and Deputy Chief Stevens and that they are the ones that need to go. I'm a listener. OK, and I'm trying to sort through all of this stuff and figure out, you know, where's the problem and who's the source of it. Persuade me. Tell me why you think that changing chief and deputy chief are going to really be the issue here. That's going to really make a difference for us.
1: Well, and it, it stems from them, and, and I want to say I listened to your, your story yesterday, and we understand that this letter seems a little outlandish, a little foolish. There's no way all these things could be happening. All of these things are really going on, and, and believe us, we're living them daily. You know, we're seeing them over and over again. Every day it gets worse. We're speechless, um, and we just can't allow that bullying and harassment to go on anymore. And, and to us, it starts from the top. Uh, I mean, we saw that uh, Marino last week came on and, and kind of uh, attacked a few members, and that that's, you know, that's for his thing to do. But it shouldn't seem so outlandish and crazy that his administrative team the EMS is doing the same things. Um, they just, they promote a organization of bullying and harassment and their way or the highway. And it should start from them, and I think that that, that we got to get them out of there. Um, it just comes from the top. I, that, that's the way it goes. So
0: I, I don't really know Chief Torcell that well. In fact, I was trying to remember. I can't remember for a fact if I've ever talked to him or interviewed him. I may have. I may have not. I just don't remember. But I know Eric Gilmore extremely well, okay? And, you know, Director of Public Safety Gilmore yeah. is – in my opinion, solid, capable, amazing. We're lucky to have him. My fear is that DeSantis is going to steal him at some point from us. Obviously, Torcell reports <laughs> yeah. directly to Gilmore. Have you guys talked with Eric? Where is he in all of this? Is he aware and not doing anything? Not aware, can't fix the problem? Like It seems to me like instead of going public with a letter, you guys would have gone to him. So how did that not happen?
1: Well, we, we did speak with him, and we also agree uh, Gilmore is upstanding. We've known him for a long time. Um, we believe that just like everybody else, the same with the commissioners and, and everybody else, they were fed a web of lies, and you know the wool was po- pulled over their eyes, and they believed that everything was right, and it was just a couple of people being upset about different things, and it wasn't – the majority of the membership was upset, and we we tried and tried and tried. And I, 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 it just comes down to the fact that they didn't believe us.
0: So they have they heard you, but they did not take it as seriously as they needed to. What's the response been in the last week? Because I know Wes told me that he would be going to look and see and learn for himself if the problem is that the information hasn't penetrated above Chief Torcell, then he wants to find out. Did that happen? Did he and Eric come and talk with you guys? Do interview? I mean, I, you know, where are we at? And for as far as you're concerned about the, you know, finding out the truth of these allegations.
1: Correct. Nobody from the county at, at any level has spoken with us, um, from the commissioners to Gilmore. Uh, nobody in administrative offices. We had our in service last week at EMS at work. Our, our um, in service in house training and during a few of those ep- uh, events. Basically the team that was leading it just said it'll get handled unless it's handled We're not gonna be talking about it now. so we have heard nothing from from anybody
0: not even I mean because some of these commissioners will at least typically if they hear there's a problem will at least try to find out more I mean I always and I said this yesterday I think you know Bender was really the best at that but Kohler Bragash Barry and May, they know how to pick up a phone and they heard you guys show up at the county commission meeting last week and lay out the problems and they've obviously been aware of the letter. I mean, nobody contacted you guys to find out
1: the truth of any of this? Correct. We haven't received a phone call, um, emails, anything. And, I mean, everybody knows where we work. (laughs) We we don't have anywhere we can go when we're we're not on the clock, which we don't do union business on the clock, but um, nobody's reached out to us.
0: Okay, well, that's discouraging. Um, um, All right, Chad, I'm going to play the other side here for a minute, and I'm going to Say the things that I think they will say or have said, and kind of raise the questions with you, and you tell me how you respond. Um, we're in the we're in negotiation period right now, and unions have a history of uh, exaggerating problems because we're in you know as a form of negotiating tactic. Uh, you know we're really really upset. You got to make it better for us. Do better by us with a contract. Your response?
1: Um, this this has nothing to do with the contract. Uh, our current CBA contract. It it has been going on for. <clears throat> for a, a year now but those are the, they're being handled we go into the negotiations we speak about negotiations and when we're outside of the negotiations we're not speaking about that with them and um, this is this stems from day one with with them chief or chief stevens and their really lack of humanity towards this organization and, and then this is this has nothing to do with contract negotiations
0: uh, the commissioners might well say, or you know, administration might well say, we gave you guys massive pay raises, massive pay raises, in certainly to compete against Lifeguard in Santa Rosa County, and just in general, you know, if pay were the issue back then, the pay issue was not the issue. Uh, are they right?
1: Correct. Um, those pay wages increases that we got were were ultimately needed. We were. I believe that they put us where we should have been. We're the biggest organization in this area. We're the best organization in this area. We should be paid the best. Our benefits should be the best. Our equipment should be the best. We should set that standard for ourselves. But okay. at some point, the lack of being treated like a human outweighs the, the, the amount of pay you can get.
0: So it's it's a it's a culture and tone and treatment is what I'm hearing repeated, and, and we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, but I just again, I want to I want to say the things that I think they will say, which is we're we have more trucks than we've ever. They they've been buying trucks left hand left left and right as fast as they can, and we've got more coming. Uh, so you know, short trucks is apparently not the issue, uh, and we're at full staffing or close to it. You know, training our own uh, folks, and we've got more paramedics and EMTs. We're pretty close to full staffing. What's the problem?
1: Well, I, I'm i not exactly sure how they say we're close to full staffing because there's employees who are unable to take their leave because we're at critical staffing, and so their leave gets denied. Putting it in months in advance comes down to a few weeks to a month before the time that they're supposed to get leave, and they say, Yeah, oh, sorry, we're at critical staffing. I can't let you off. You have to find somebody to work for you. So I don't know where they get the numbers from. I know they've skewed them a little bit by – uh, a smoke and mirrors type game where they move some numbers here to put them to the transfer division and put some numbers over there from the part-timers. So I think on paper it looks good, but we are we are nowhere near where we need to be staffed at to and, o- operate this functionally.
0: And if we were, then we wouldn't be having the held calls all the time, right? That, you know, if we had the – I mean, just bare bones, bottom line, if we had enough trucks and we had enough people – then we wouldn't have the holding calls, which they're now two weeks in a row not even reporting on the uh, the director's list, uh, the director's report that comes out every week. Um, I want you to take yeah. a second, um, Chad, and because I think I didn't understand this, and I think people might understand this, and it was a part of your letter. One of the big stresses is hospital capacity, you know, that you go to a hospital and they're either on diversion so you can't go there or you have to hold the wall and wait there with your people, which takes makes every call take longer but also the transfers from the like freestanding ERs over to the regular hospitals um, it's almost like EMS is two different things it's the transfers on the one hand which takes staff and you know an ambulance and time and then the running the calls that come in which is almost like a separate thing but if they're treated as one and the resources get shifted over to the transfers part that creates a problem for the EMS itself right
1: it absolutely does. So in 2023, this is all on public records. 2023, we ran 6,521 transfers uh, that from freestandings, um, from the airport, from different places, but majority of them are the freestandings. Uh, almost a third of those last year were ran by 911 trucks. Um, 1,877 of them were ran by 911 trucks, and if you include trucks that were getting off of Uh, extra overtime events or the times where sometimes our supervisors will get on an ambulance to go run transfers and we don't have supervisors available on the road. Um, About 2016 of those calls were ran by 911 trucks. So a third of them has been taken over by the, has been handled by the 911 division.
0: So I'm thinking just sort of global picture here. Um, you have it seems like you have two different kinds of complaints about Chief Torcel and Deputy Chief. Uh, complaint number one is um, the just the way they deal with people is 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 unacceptable. Complaint number two is we have systemic structural problems in the way we're handling our basic core task, which are causing stress like can't take leave, like can't end your shift when time comes, that puts additional stress on the people on top of the fact that we're all we feel like we're not being treated very well. If somehow or other the county commission just like doubled, I mean, I know it's funded by, it's not funded this way, but you know, if you had twice as much money available, you could hire more people, you could have more trucks, how much would that solve the issue versus hospitals don't have enough capacity, therefore they create the holding the wall challenge? Transfers from brand new freestanding ERs that require ambulances because other you know they can't transport their own people necessarily, and so the hospitals have created a bit of a problem by these useful, convenient locations, but that require then EMS to get you from one to the other. How much of the problem would still exist even if all of that stuff was solved? The stuff that's kind of outside of the Chief Tom uh, uh, of um, uh, Chief Torcell's
1: ability. I think that having staff on the road would would get rid of a lot of our problems because we just need more of it. We, have to, we need more transfer division apparatus. We need more 911 division. We as the union don't believe that we should get rid of the transfers. We understand it's a revenue stream, and we understand that that brings money into the organization, which in turn pay raises apparatus and those sorts of things, but it, it needs to be two separate divisions. So putting more bodies on the road to handle calls will will ultimately fix our road problems but nobody wants to come here because word travels across the gulf coast you know yeah. i don't know if i want to go over there and I'd, I'd see how they're being treated by the administration because you're not treated as a as a human being when you come here so we, we can try to add all we want to but until there's some humanity brought back into this organization that deal so intricately with the ups and downs and ins and outs of new life being brought in and old life being taken out, sure are lacking the humanity here.
0: So what I hear you saying and just we're just totally out of time, but thank it's been really, really helpful for me to get a, a grip on the on the problem. Um, yes, more money, more trucks, better hospital capacity, all of that will help. But even if all of that were not the issue, um, the simple leadership, management, and you said humanity you know, many, many, many times, uh, that's a deal breaker, which I assume is why you had the vote of no confidence, that it's not just a matter of getting the commissioners to do something. It's a matter of getting the commissioners to do a different person and different leadership from your point of view. That's, that's, that's where you're at. Is that right?
1: Correct. Okay. The, the people on the road that are working every day know how to do this job, and they're going to continue to do this job because we love to do this job. So, but we just need somebody better in there to help grow this organization in more ways than just financially.
0: Well, it's a lot of stuff to think about. Very useful information. Chad Stimmel. he's the president of the EMS union here in Escambia County. Chad, thank you for helping me understand things better. Uh, and you know me, I'm always trying to do whatever I can to make it better because we're all the customers. <laughs> we're all the customers of this particular yeah, service.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Chad, thank you so I much. Appreciate for appreciate having me. I just want to I'll say one more quick thing, if you don't mind, yeah, uh, not to toot our own horn or anything here, but the e-board the e that's running the local union has over 65 years of public safety experience combined between all of us, and 60 of those are in Escambia County. So we live here. We work here. We've been involved with this agency, whether it be in fire, uh, you know, the fire side or EMS side. We want to see it grow. We've seen where it's been, and we've seen where it's at now, and it, it needs to be better. We we know what a County is, and we
0: want to make it better. I appreciate that, and that's you know I mean I certainly believe that that's the case across. And you know I'm a, obviously I'm going to always support the first responders uh, if we can make because if their lives are better, then their service is going to be better, and our lives are going to be better. So, uh, Chad, again, thank you so much for the time, sir. Thanks for um, you know give us the information. And like I said, we'll keep doing whatever we can do to make things better for you.
1: Absolutely, we appreciate you having us on. Appreciate you listening, and uh, we're going to keep continue this fight. So absolutely, we're here for it.
0: 6.55 here on New York.